Hey, ¿qué pasa, Calexico? Welcome back to the podcast. Um, before we begin, I want to say thank you to my sponsors. Um, we have uh, two sponsors on my anchor page, uh, my, my good friend Jake and my friend Jonathan. And also we have a new sponsor, um, David Gastelum is our sponsor. So if you're thinking of buying a home, thinking of selling a property, uh, thinking of buying an investment, investment property in Imperial or in San Diego County, you must contact David Gastelum at 760-235-9576. He's not only a realtor, but he's also an investor with over 20 years of experience. He will not only sell you a property, but he'll teach you along the way one of your most important investments that you will make. So call David if you're looking for a home or looking to sell your property. All right, so today we're, um, it's my first. I'm here in El Centro today. Um, I came down to the LGBTQ um, Resource Center, mm-hmm. and I'm here with Brianna. Brianna is one of the uh, volunteers here. Are you a volunteer? I'm a volunteer and a facilitator. Facilitator. Mm-hmm. So um, one night I was browsing Facebook, mm-hmm. and I saw this post by Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Um, it was a post about this group. Um, is it? Kind of like depression or what? Well, it's a it's a peer-to-peer uh, mental illness support group. So it doesn't matter what illness you have, you know, a mental illness, because there's quite a few. Um, we I wanted to start a support group because there is no support group in the Imperial Valley for mental illness. Um, and also... The I know that Imperial County Behavioral Health has a wellness center, and I believe that they do have a support group, um, but it is only for its patients. So if you're not a patient, if you're not comfortable yet, if you're not comfortable with seeking out help from them, you can't partake in the support group. And when I came here, I came here by accident. My son was doing um, community service, and he was here volunteering. And one day I just, you know, started talking to Rosa and she was just telling me about the center and the services that it offers. And I was telling her how cool I thought it was um, that there's an LGBT resource center in the Valley because I know that there is a large population now and they have nowhere to turn if, you know, they need support or help or have questions. So I was telling her how cool that I thought that was. And she was like, oh, you know, I go, I wish there was more support in the community for people that live with mental illnesses. And she was like, OK, she goes, well, do, do you have, you know, and I told her, I was like, I, you know, I do. I suffer from. Um, well, I don't like to say suffer anymore. I say that I live with these illnesses because they're chronic illnesses. Um, but I've been diagnosed. I have panic disorder, OCD and agoraphobia. So when I told her that, she was like, you know, I've been wanting to start a support group for this, but in support groups, they want somebody who has lived experience. They want someone to facilitate that has a mental illness. And since she doesn't, you know, she she basically was like, you know, let's do it. And I was like, okay, you know, and so a couple of weeks and she wanted to get the ball rolling a lot faster, I guess, than I did. And um we ended up starting the end of June 2018. And since we've started, um, I mean, we have kind of up and down. So when we first started, there was only a few people, probably like three. 
And then it got up to 10. It hovers around six to eight right now. Um, but it's, for me, it helped me a lot. It's helping me a lot to mm-hmm. just be around people that also suffer with mental illness and also know what it is to live with it and, you know, able to relate. Yeah. So. Yeah, because it helps. Um, sometimes we can't, you know, we try to help somebody, but if we can't really, yeah. um, you know, we don't know what they're experiencing. Like, it's kind of hard to, like. Yeah. We have, I mean, we we as somebody that's not suffering a mental illness can, um, you know, get frustrated because like we're like, how can you like not? Yeah. And it's we can't really understand. So yeah, I mean, it makes sense to have somebody that that's gone through some mm-hmm. type of, of, of mental illness to kind of like help others to cope mm-hmm. with it, like like you have. So do you, are you still like? Do you still suffer from you know some of your? Yes. Um, I. Well, panic disorder is panic attacks, which are pretty, I mean, it's, it, that's something that's commonly heard along with like generalized anxiety disorder. OCD, well, you know, I have it, I have a mild form of it. Thankfully, it's not, you know, um, severe. The agoraphobia, a lot of people don't hear about it or don't know what it is. Um, basically, it's a, it's a fear of places, social places, stores the outside um there was a time i got diagnosed when i was 18 and there was a time probably my early 20s that i was homebound i could not leave my house and that lasted for two years and it was really i mean it was a devastating time it was a really dark time in my life So I tried therapy back then and it just, it, I didn't see that it was helping. So I stopped. And when I finally started to go out again and it was a very slow, I mean, I didn't get my driver's license till I was like 22, you know, so it was a very slow start. But when I started going out, I progressively got better. So it comes kind of in waves. So after that, I just had this time where I was doing so well. It was like it was gone. You know, it it went away and I was able to go places and do things again and start working and, you know, get my driver's license and, you know, do all these things that I could not do. Mm. And then that went on for a very long time. And then in 2010, around there, it was getting bad again. So... My therapist has told me that usually you'll see it get worse when you're having stressful times, you know, in your life or traumatic, you know, traumatic times. So it started getting worse again. My I say that I kind of live like in a bubble or it's like a prison of my mind, you know, so I have these boundaries and it sounds really weird to the person that doesn't have a mental illness or, you know, that has no idea, you know, what it is. So basically, like I said, I was homebound at one time. So the area, you know, kind of starts closing in. So in 2010, it was pretty bad. It was where I could drive a block maybe from my house. And I'm, you know, I have six children and it takes a toll because my children also had to 
live with this because, mm-hmm. you know, their mother, you know, couldn't go to a lot of things, missed out on a lot of school things, assemblies and so on. So we had that big earthquake in 2010. And I don't know, I don't know what it was, but it brought me back out. I don't know if maybe it's because when the earthquake hit, I happened to be at home. Um, and I did not want to be home afterwards because I'm just deathly afraid of earthquakes. <laughs> so once again, I was back out again and able to drive more and get further. Um, and I was working. Things were good. And a couple of years later, it started again. And when it started that time, I was like, you know, I want to seek out help. I, I need help, you mm-hmm. know, with this. Like, I, you know, it's too much for me to try to handle like on my own so i did seek out i went to behavioral health because that's pretty much all that's here and i got evaluated and the psychiatrist was like well we can't help you and i was like what do you mean and he was like well because he was like you know we help people here that are more severe i don't see you know you're standing in front of me i don't see you know, you being, you know, so severe that you need, you know, medications to function your day to day life. And so they sent me on my way. So that was pretty disappointing. So I just continued on and just tried to do my best, um, tried to use the coping skills that I had. And that's where I was up until probably, you know, 2016, 2015. And I had my youngest child and that was rough because my illnesses were, it was just, it was, you know, it was getting really bad again. So going through all that last year, like I said, it was, you know, by accident. But after I started coming here, after we started the group, after I started volunteering, I saw huge changes in my just my general you know I was happier I was you know I felt I had purpose again and that wouldn't have happened without this center and when I came here I thought that it was you know for the LGBT community I did not know that it was open to anyone it doesn't matter if you're of that community Mm -hmm. or if you're not you're welcome here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I mean, when I first heard the name, you know, that, that's mm-hmm. the first thing that comes to mind. Like, yeah. But like um, it's geared more for, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at the same time, sometimes it's, um, they're tied together, you know? Yes. Cause, um, some of the people who are, you know, gay or mm-hmm. bisexual, you know, they're, they're hiding this because of society. So like they're, they yeah. get depressed. They get all these. There is, there is just as there is just as much, if not more, stigma associated with the LGBT community than with mental illness. Yeah. And most people that are in the LGBT community suffer with a mental mental illness or some type of mental condition. So she, you know, like I said, Rosa thought that it was, you know, a great thing to try to, you know, bring in, you know, a mental illness support group not only for say me which i you know identify straight but for anybody that else that comes to the center that doesn't feel that they have support because it's it's not easy and there's so many people in the valley 
that suffer in silence because yeah. it's just not something that's talked about. Like you said, it's very taboo, you know, but when I started here, I really started embracing what I have instead of trying to hide it. Mm -hmm. Before coming here, I would not really talk about it. I wouldn't, you know, disclose it. I didn't feel, I felt that it was more of a something that's not, you don't want to share it. It's something you want to hide. It's embarrassing. It's something that's like, like you know, you're something that's wrong with the, something that's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. So coming here, she, I actually went through, um, I did training with NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Out of San Diego, I did a training. I became a certified um, peer and family support specialist. Going through that training and being here and doing the support groups, it just, if I felt empowered by it. I felt like, you know what, maybe my illness is not so much of a, setback or a disability but maybe something that i can help others yeah. with so um it's made you know a huge impact in my life i've 2018 i went places that i hadn't been in seven or eight years wow. so it was it and i think it was in large part due to the fact that my mindset was just different and i felt free and not judged so I can come here and be exactly who I am. And if I do have a panic attack or if I have moments where I'm not, you know, feeling, feeling well, it's okay. And they are accepting of that and they don't, you know, look at me yeah. like, you know, with a weird face or like what's wrong with her. They're just that. So the stigma is not there. And that's what I think what I like the most about it. But I feel that the center is also underutilized. I think that it has, it does so much here. They have so many different, you know, they have groups and they have events and they have, they have smart recovery. They have, um, you know, drug abuse prevention classes. They have HIV testing and they also have family and individual counseling at no cost. So, I mean, it's a huge, benefit to the community so I do want to get the word out and let people know and I think I've taken on the role of more now an advocate for people with mental illness and I am an ally of the LGBT community so doing all that it's just brought me a you know it's 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 made me so much happier and I don't feel like I have to hide anymore and I also when I went through that training, I wanted to do more. So I went ahead and I, um, there is, cause there's a national suicide hotline, but there's also, um, crisis text line, which is via, via text. So you can text from your phone and speak with a crisis counselor. I became a certified crisis counselor in October. Mm. So I'm also, you know, doing that, um, in my <clears throat> spare time. So it's, it's, it was quite a year. It was quite, or actually quite a, you know, six or seven months, but it's been awesome. She, Rosa actually introduced me to Kelly. Okay. Kelly is my co-facilitator. And without him, I wouldn't have been able to do it because this was my first support group 
that I ever had attended. So it was, it, it was, um, he was a lifesaver because he had already facilitated. So be, before this, before in the groups that are mm-hmm. get, are going um, on here, there was no groups in, in the Valley? Like there was no, like. For mental illness? Mm-hmm. No. No. They, I, like I said, I know of one, which is located at the wellness center, which is through um, Imperial County Behavioral Health. But if you're not a patient, you cannot access it. And there's a lot of people that I know personally that do not want to go there. Maybe because they're just not ready. Maybe they don't want to. A lot of people see that place. It has just as much stigma as, say, here. They don't want to walk in those doors. They feel like, you know, what's going to happen to me? People are going to think I'm crazy. You know, it's... and. I understand it, but since it is really the only access we have here, I think that it is important to get, you know, if you do need the help, get the help. Or if not, come to places like this where you can at least be supported and be validated. People, you know, can relate to what you're going through. And also, since there is individual counseling available here, you also have that. So there's something if you're not ready to make that move, if yeah. you're not ready to go to behavioral health. And because, I mean, it is, they put a label on you. So when they diagnose you, you know, that's kind of how some people feel. Yeah. And yeah. Because even with kids, you know, you tell that you can tell that they, you know, and at school, like they, they, it's in their system, like in the system, like, oh. Yeah. And sometimes that's, you know, it's bad because, you know, it kind of like, um, makes them not want to seek the help that you know they need. And- yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm I'm actually trying. I'm gonna go to um, Central and try to speak with Mr. Lyon, the principal, because I have, like I said, I have six children. My three oldest have already graduated high school, and they went to Central. Most of my family went to Central. I have two boys right now attending. And I asked them because in the last couple of years, there has been, unfortunately, there's been suicides and these kids are, you know, 15, 16 years old. One, I knew one, I knew her mother personally. So it, it, I think that the lack of support for our kids, for especially teenagers is really it's just it's just non-existent yeah. it's not there and i asked my son i was like hey you know do they have you know any support groups or clubs you know for maybe mental illness or anything other than like the regular counselors and he he was like no you know there's not and so i'm trying to find out why find out why you know we aren't talking to the kids more about mental illness to normalize it, to make it okay. You don't have to hide it. You don't have, especially because suicide rate, I mean, it's the third highest cause of death, yeah. you know, in teenagers. And that's just, that's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, as a teenager, you're going through a lot of changes. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when I was a kid, you know, um, you know, there was bullying, but now it's like cyberbullying is like even, yeah. I feel it's even worse. You know, that there's yeah. way more things that, you know, at, our technology is kind of like amplifying 
the way you know you can get bullied or mm-hmm. you know the way you can get attacked by you know bullies or or whatnot but you know it's 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 kind of getting worse and we're not like kind of like addressing it as as a community yeah definitely i mean i don't see that there is any resources i know that southwest does do they have um i believe it's called hosa they they do a whole um I think week of different events or it's a day. So they, I think have a little more outreach within their school, but I well, from what I've seen central does not. So me and Rosa do plan on going to the school site meeting and to go to the board meetings to try to, you know, bring awareness and find out why they can't do this, why they can't provide more resources. Most of these kids spend most of their time in school yeah. you know my two boys one's in sports one's in band i mean they're constantly at school it seems like they're at school more than they're at home yeah so why that's the why not why not have access if somebody you know feels they need help so they don't have to feel like they have to hide being on crisis text line you get a lot more younger people than older people. Cause yeah. I probably, because it's text and it's mm. just, you know, kids are, they're just always texting. Yeah. Makes it easier. And there's just so many that I have talked to and it's just, it could be, you know, just stressed out at school, but I just want to try to find a way. So these kids feel that they do have support and that somebody can relate to what and to what they are dealing with and they don't have to hide it because I grew up in a time where you didn't talk about it. My family didn't talk about it. You know, I just wasn't seen, you know, and I think now celebrities, you know, there's so much more, Yeah, you know, people coming out and talking about it. What's that? The one song, the, is it oh logic? from logic yeah yeah so like he's kind of like really you know. he did he put it at the forefront he really yeah. did so that was um that was a big deal and it lets kids know that they're not alone in what they feel and all i mean even adults also i mean it just a lot of times people don't want to seek out the help because it's not easy and it's embarrassing and they don't want to be judged and I mean, just the end of last year, we had a psychiatrist that committed suicide. Yeah. And I did not see Dr. Camacho personally, but I have members in my support group that did. And they just could not fathom that a doctor, a psychiatrist did this. Yeah. And some were even angry almost. You know, and then I was like, you know, just because they have these professional titles, you have no idea what they're battling behind the scenes. And it was sad that, you know, we had to lose that person probably because he felt, how can I come forward with what I'm dealing with when I'm taking care of all these patients that see me as this normal professional you know they're put kind of on a pedestal yeah so yeah when i read that i was like well that was like yeah 
it was it it was shocking and it's then especially here in the valley because i mean you just don't hear about stuff like that very often and i think that's the problem and that's you know why things like that happen is because nobody wants to talk about it i have lost friends i have lost most of my family because of their lack of understanding of what i have they're just kind of like snap out of it like what's the problem why can't you go here what you know and it's and like you said it is hard for somebody that does not suffer from it doesn't live with it doesn't have a loved one that has dealt with it it is hard to understand it's hard to wrap your you know head around Mm -hmm. somebody saying I can't go to Vons. I can't go in there. You know, they just they look at you like, yeah, like you're like you're crazy, and you get that. You feel like that's your, like that's stamped across your forehead. Yeah, if you will. Yeah, I have I have two nephews with autism, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm some I, I'm like a little bit um, my um, like I get frustrated easily, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know. My wife knows that, and and she kind of like we've been we we've been trying to watch the atyp- atypical show. Have you seen it on Netflix? No. It's about this kid that has autism, mm-hmm. and he's like in high school. So we we try we're trying to like on ourselves do a little little bit of research on, on yeah. you know autism, kind of like so that we know like um, what triggers like if yeah. if my nephew is like not wanting to to like get, the other day they were baking and. He, he just stepped away and mm-hmm. somebody told us like, yeah, you know, there's sometimes that this could be in the wrong place and that triggers them. And, you know, yeah. they'll just like want to block everybody out and and it's OK. Like you just got to know when to. Yeah. So like little by little, we're tr- um, we're trying to like um, learn about mm-hmm. this because I mean, in reality, it's it's something that there's not much known about, you know, autism. Like, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm happy that. Now, like, especially here in the Valley, now there is a lot of resources now for kids with autism, for their parents. So I think that's great because it was so needed because like probably say five, six years ago, there wasn't as much as there is now. Mm -hmm. And even just kids with disabilities, you know, so I think that's, you know, like a big deal. But it is true. Autism does kind of I feel that some of the you know, some of the things where if you do have somebody who is autistic, it is like that. Something could be out of place and they, you know, they just get, it's like, you can't understand why they're so upset, but they know. And if you just take the time to understand it, then at least you probably can't relate, yeah. but you can validate it and you can say it's okay. Like, you know, if you need to step away or if you need to go out and get some air or whatever it is. But at least you're not, well, what's wrong with you? Why are you doing that? You know, because that is what's the worst is when they're just like, you know, what's your problem? Like, like, why are you like this? And then that just, you just kind of, you just go into your shell because, I mean, it's not easy. I've had, you know, panic attacks in public and you know it's it feels like the most humiliating thing in the world and you feel like everybody is watching you and seeing you and 
it happened, you know, recently. I mean, I, I've been trying to volunteer with the hospital because I, I think that, well, both hospitals here have a serious lack of, you know, mental health support. Mm. I don't feel like when you go in the hospital, it's not like we have, you know, a special, you know, a special part in the hospital devoted to say, you know, psychiatric needs or we don't have that here. Mm, So I, you know, I really wanted to volunteer. Well, it's a pretty rigorous, you know, thing you have to kind of that you have to go through to do it. So I went through the motions, applied, got an interview. And in the interview, I had a panic attack. And the thing is, is when you have panic disorder, you feel them coming. So, you know, they're coming. And I was in the middle of this interview and it was going very well, which is, you know, awesome. Right. And I was just like, I couldn't understand why I was feeling, you know, that way. But probably the last 15 minutes of that interview, I was having a panic attack and trying to maintain because I wanted to. My first instinct for me is to bolt, is to leave. I need to go outside. I need to get some air. I have to get out of the space I'm in. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do that. So I ended up, I don't know how, but getting through it. And when they, the lady, which was the nicest lady, went to walk me out into the lobby of the hospital. I was literally just leaving her behind. I felt horrible and I couldn't tell her. I, you know, so I just, I said, thank you. And I I left. Well, I ended up getting chosen for the program. <laughs> and I told my therapist, I was like, I know she knew the lobby was packed with people. I know they all saw me. They were all look, cause I mean, it was, I get to the point where I hyperventilate or I am very, very shaky. So I was already at that point. So I was already at a 10. And when I left there, I was just, it's like I said, it's that feeling of just, you are not normal and you'll never be able to function in say, you know, the hospital as anything but a patient, if anything, but not as a volunteer or as a worker. And it was hard. And I spent October and November, I was pretty down and pretty upset. And I continued to come here. I continued to do the group. But dealing with things like this and having illnesses like this, they are invisible. So when I meet somebody they think that I'm just perfectly normal. And then I have a panic attack and they're just looking at me like, oh my God, like what's going on? You know, so it's very hard. And when I ended up getting chosen for the program, I did disclose. I did tell her, you know, that I did, I disclosed it in the interview, but not very specifically. I just said that I do suffer from mental illness. And that was one of my wants to volunteer in the hospital just to try to, you know, help people, you know, because that's what I want to do. So I think that without the support group, I would have still been kind of in my, you know, in my dark place. And it would have been a lot longer that I sat and, you know, 
went over and over in my mind. Why, you know, why does it happen? But the fact of the matter is, is that it's an illness. It's not something you want. It's just, it's an illness, just like a diabetic or somebody with autism, which is a lot more, I think, people are more willing, like, like say if you have a child that has autism, it's like, okay, you know, they totally get it and they're with you on it. And they, you know, when you tell them you have schizophrenia or depression or agoraphobia, they just kind of look at, they just can't, they just, or they don't want to, or they kind of downplay what you have. So that's why I think it's, do you think that OCD has been more like, um, um, accepted because, you know, on TV shows, it kind of like, yeah, it is definitely more mainstream. So you do, um, you do see like people, you know, the jokes about people with OCD or um, that movie uh, with Jack Nichol- Jack Nicholson, um, oh, As Good As It Gets. Oh, okay. Um, it's an old movie, but he has severe OCD. and But it's more normalized, I think, because yeah. you see it. You see it on movies. and um, it, Do you think it's it's portrayed more as a... As a funny thing, like I want to say that they're doing it to put it out there, you know, to normalize it. But some of I think nowadays, especially a lot of people take kind of, oh, I'm having an anxiety attack and they're really not. They kind of um, I think they're making it more like. You're just having a really, say, bad day and you're just severely depressed. And it's like, okay, you're taking illnesses and kind of just, you know, throwing them out there like they're not really an illness. Yeah. More like you just had a really bad day. So, yeah, in media, I think it still, you know, some of it I think is meant to put it out there to normalize it and let people know that it's okay. But then, yeah, other times I think probably it's more poking fun or that you're odd in some way. You're not, you're not in the normal crowd. You're, you're, you know, weird. Yeah. Like in between normal and yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I, for years, I just wanted to be normal. I, you know, I just wanted this to go away, but the sad thing is that it never does. Once you have a mental illness, you're pretty much going to deal with that mental illness for the rest of your life. The only thing you can do is, you know, go to therapy, have good support systems, learn about it, read about it, research it. You know, if medication is needed, then it's needed. I think that that's also really stigmatized people that, you know, have to take medication for their illnesses. They like to make fun of them. You know, you know, did you get off your meds? Is that why you're having a bad day? You know, stuff like that. So if you need medication, that's what you need. You know, whatever it is that helps you have a better quality of life, then that's all that should matter. And for me, I don't take medication. Um, but I did, you know, I do go to therapy. 
I do see a psychiatrist and I come here to the center, go to support group. I do all these things to just try to have, you know, better life and, and, you know, improve my day to day because at the, at the end, you know, that's all that matters and it's totally fine. And I just want more people to try to understand it. If you don't have it, that's great, but just try to understand it so you can be more empathetic to people that do have it. Yeah. And sometimes I feel that, um, like, if we don't know, like, for instance, like, if I met you, like uh, like you said, like, I wouldn't know mm-hmm. that you have. But how does, um, like, how would I, like, is it bad, like, is it uh, rude to ask, like, you know, or like how? Well, most people don't ask me um, <laughs> that yeah, I meet. Uh, yeah, I mean, because it's because they so, assume they assume that you know. Mm-hmm. It's not like when you see somebody. Um, let's say, I have a cousin who is a type one diabetic, so he has a pump, right? And you see it, so it's something visual. Yeah. You know that they have something, or people that say are going through chemo that have cancer you know you see the effects so you can actually see it i think it's easier to ask but a person that say we just met you're not going to go and say oh do you have any mental illnesses like (laughs) that's not you know but usually well now um i do kind of i mean if it comes up i'll talk about it if it doesn't well then i don't I mean, I don't want to go and just tell everybody, you know, that I have um, mental illnesses, but I feel more empowered now to bring it to the forefront and have it out there. So, you know, on my Facebook, it's there in my bio. On my Instagram, it's there. Um, I talk about it. I've talked about it when I've had panic attacks. I've, you know, I've. I think that now we're in that age, like you said, that everything is being documented, everything. But I think in a way it's a good thing. Mm. The more we see people in their vulnerable um, states, so if they had a bad day or if they just had a panic attack, if they're crying, because we've seen it, you know, Lady Gaga has done that. You know, there's been other celebrities that have, you know, put themselves out there. I think they're helping to normalize it. So say somebody like me, I'm a nobody. I'm an unknown. I can put it out there on social media. And even if five people look at it, it could be a person that is going through the same thing and that is suffering. And at least they see it and they say, you know what? At least I'm not alone. And I think that's why... I've started to do it because before I would be like, I can't post a video of myself. I don't have makeup on or, you know, it was like, I think people, you know, they joke and they say, you know, they're doing it for the gram and they're, you know, they look perfect and this perfect, these perfect little worlds. Yeah. And I, so I think that social media is a gift and a curse. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great thing for people like you that are trying to bring, you know, awareness to certain causes or the community. 
But then you have some celebrities or some people that it's all very glamorized. It's like you have to look a certain way. Um, You shouldn't be, you know, wearing this or that because you're not skinny enough or, you know. So I think that we're becoming, I think, more accepting. But also there is still the, you know. You have to be very careful, yeah, because it's it can get a little bit out of control. I think at times. So now, um, you mentioned that you have like on your Instagram and Facebook, you mm-hmm. know, you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. So like, say, um, you know, I'm your friend on on Instagram, and I see that you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly. Like, say you, you put that you have a Gorfori as the. the mm-hmm. So say you put that on on your Instagram, and mm-hmm. when I see you, like, oh, can you? Are you okay with like me saying like, oh, I saw that you have this, like, you know, can you? explain it like me as your, mm-hmm. as your friend are you okay with people like kind of like oh no totally yeah totally i mean i've ever since i started um i made my instagram public um and ever since i started um get, trying to get more out there and get you know just the word out i have had a couple of people message me and tell me um that they think it's awesome what I'm doing. I haven't seen anything negative yet, <laughs> um, mm. but it's it feels good to know that in some small part you're reaching somebody and letting them know that it's okay. You know, you're not alone, and it's okay to not be okay um, because all of us deal with things. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I think that in the world of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat, I think that a lot of people are still, they see these, it's almost like a scripted life and they want that life. And if you don't have that life, you feel bad about yourself. So I think that it's important to just be more accepting like of yourself and of others and, I mean, like me, I know, you know, I'm not like a supermodel size. I'm not tall and slender, and but it's okay. You know, if you're in the LGBT community, you shouldn't have to hide it. Um, and there is a lot of people here in the Valley that do hide, you know, and they don't feel comfortable or safe. So for me, I think now I never saw myself in that role. I never saw myself as someone that can help others through my illness or through what I've been through. But now I do. And now I want to just help others and reach more people and let them know that it's okay. Let them know that, you know, if they do need somebody that I am there, you know, even if you're a total stranger. Um, so I've just tried this past year to really, really like put it out there, really talk about it and, you know, put tips and coping skills and anything that I come across on other sites and other pages that I follow on Instagram, I try to, you know, just pass the word along. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing now, you know, kind of like what you're doing, you know, you're bringing awareness to different things going on in the communities in the Valley. And, I mean, let's, I mean, because honestly, there's not, (laughs) there's not a lot of resources here. There's not a lot of um, 
I think acceptance. I think some cities are are doing a better job than others. I think like Calexico, El Centro, um, you do see it more. Like when they do Pride, I've seen that a lot of people come out. And I think it's awesome, you know. And I sometimes I tell Rosa, you know, are you worried of what people will say? Like when they come out in the parades or um, things like that. And she says, no, you know, it's, she says, you know, you have to take the good with the bad. Um, but that the important thing is just to keep pushing forward. Mm. And I think that this center is progressive and it's going to help, I think, in the long run with people that aren't ready to face doctor's offices and, you know, cause they're not comfortable places. They're not places that you walk in and feel at ease. Yeah. Um, and I think coming here, the vibe is very, very accepting, very open and just non-judgmental. So when you walk in here, I think you do feel like, you know, it's not stiff or, scary yeah it's more of like you know warm and welcoming so just to be a part of it i think you know it's an awesome thing she gave me she gave a platform to somebody that was a nobody i was not important i'm not in the community i'm not you know this very well-known person and she said you know let's do this and gave me a platform to talk about it and i just you know the opportunity it it's you know it's been an amazing you know opportunity mm. and i'm glad to be a part of it so tell us a little bit more about the center um i know you have you know your group yeah and then we have um we have mental illness support group for adults we also have one for kids um that they just started back up um we have trans support and we also have smart recovery and we have um, drug and alcohol um, education every Friday. We also have like a volunteer support group for the volunteers that come here. And I know she's trying to um, do more support groups this year, coming into this year. And then they also have the Cadet um, Youth Academy that they started. Last year was its first year. Um, and it did really well. And they started a color guard, which I don't know if you've seen them. They've been in the, in some parades this year. They'll be at Mardi Gras in February, um, along with the LGBT Center. But they also have the one-on-one counseling. They have family counseling. Um, free HIV testing is available here. Um, so, I mean, there's just a ton of different things that the center does and i think that people may not know um or maybe they feel awkward if they're not if they don't identify um lgbtq but it is open to the public it's open to anyone and everyone that needs help they even um rosa has even she helps women going through you know domestic violence so i mean she really does a lot. The center does a lot. So, I mean, 
anybody that wants to just come in and, I mean, check it out or, you know, meet the people that are here. When I came here, I was welcomed with open arms the first time I walked in here with me and my son. Mm -hmm. And I did not expect that because a lot of places in the Valley, I feel like the Valley just doesn't, isn't as nice as it used to be. <laughs> I, I mean, I grew, I was born and raised here. So it's like, I feel like it's, you know, sometimes people just aren't very friendly or, you know, welcoming. And you kind of feel like, Ugh, like, you, I don't want to go there. You think it's, it's just like defensive or is it just like, um, I don't know. I just, when I was a kid, you know, people would see you on the streets and say hello to you. You don't really see that as much anymore. You know, maybe it's just society, you know, where we're at right now and, you know, what's happening in the world right now. Yeah. But I think that having places like this, it just helps people that maybe are dealing with loneliness or being, you know, not supported at home, not supported by their parents or their family. And they can come here and for whatever time they're in here, they do feel the support and they yeah. do feel the, you know, the non-judgmental atmosphere. And that's just such a big thing, especially for people with a mental illness or a person that um, is LGBT and not ready to come out, yeah. you know, not ready to tell their family, but they can come here and be okay. It's a safe space. So I think that that's, you know, invaluable. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, not, not everybody's going to understand, um, you know, the LGBT community, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, it's coming out more and more now mm -hmm. because, um, I think we're, I mean, the world's changing as it yeah. is, you know. So, like, um, it's something that, you know, it, it's, it's coming in as a part of the a culture, you mm -hmm. know. And But some people that, you know, whether it's because of religion, whether it's because of, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they might not understand. but And it's okay. I mean, as long as they're respectful, you know. If, if, yeah. it's, a, if it's a religious thing, religious thing, like, you know, we respect if you're... Mm -hmm. So, like, I just feel like... Um, you know, just be respectful, I guess, uh, what I'm trying to... Yeah, I think just be, you know, more understanding, more respectful, civil, you know, just... It's okay for everybody to have their different opinions, but let's try, you know, to respect each other and respect each other's opinions. I think we need to be nicer human beings i think that's right now the way things are and i'm pretty sure most people will say you know we're kind of in these you know times where people are very angry people are you know you're seeing people you know racism and intolerance it seems like are coming back. It seems like we're going kind of back in time a bit. So I'm glad that especially most of the younger, the, the younger generations are very much 
accepting. accepting and, you know, it's okay. And I think, especially here in the Valley, it's very, very religious, you know, here. There's mm-hmm. a lot of churches, you know, it, that's a big part of the community. And I think that most are very accept. They're very respectful. Some, maybe not. But I haven't seen too much negative. Mm. But I think especially with kids, it is a bit different. Um, I know that the schools may feel like we don't need to talk about LGBT, you know, in the schools. Why do we need to talk about that? Well, you should because there's a lot more kids now that identify in that community and they shouldn't have to feel that they're not supported or that they're being in ways discriminated against in their schools. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they should be just as accepted as you would have a club for, you know, Latin dance or, you know, these different clubs that these schools have, have clubs, you know, for the LGBTQ kids, for kids that deal with mental illness, for kids that are autistic, you know, I just think that there is a bit of closed mindedness still mm. here in the Valley. Yeah. Um, and I think that <clears throat> I talked to um, Cami Studdervert. She's our psychologist at, at Calexico mm-hmm. at the school. And they have the Circle of Friends. I don't know if you heard of Circle of Friends. No, I have not. It's a it's this group that at least I think it's once a week. Mm-hmm. They um, have lunch with you know a kid with a disability, whether it's uh, somebody oh, okay. in a wheelchair or, mm-hmm. or somebody with a severe mental um, you know um, like disabilities. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's once a week that they do this. You know, they have lunch with. Uh, but they have a they have a buddy where they have a lunch and they, they oh, play cool. a game or something. Yeah. So you know they're 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 kind of like slowly bringing. In, um, they had a week called um, um, I forgot the name of the week. Well, um, kind of like in um embracing you know uh people's different um mm-hmm. disabilities or whatnot. Yeah. Um, so I think that slowly you know schools are kind of like embracing you know. The changes that, you know, or, or the different, you know, mm-hmm. types of people that are out there, you know, because, you know, we're all different and, no, you know. Yeah. And I think that um, that's crucial, especially for the kids, because like you said, I mean, <laughs> when we were younger, you know, bullying was done face to face or, you know, on the phone. Well, yeah. now it's everywhere so it's in your face and on the phone and on your on your computer and so I think that there is kids that you know may not have a lot of friends um, or may struggle with a disability or an illness and so for kids to do that I think that it shows that kids are you know the younger generations are trying to be more accepting and I think that that's amazing and i know central did do a couple of days i think they actually do have a club um like that kind of promotes you know positivity positive you know vibes but 
I think that focusing in on mental illness and the LGBT community, I think those are still a little bit, you know, under, um, not just kind of, they're not talked about as much as like anti-bullying or, you know, things like that, or like eating lunch with somebody say that you don't know, um, just so they're not eating alone that day. I think that it's a great thing because it promotes, you know, the positive, the positive vibe and that it's okay, you know, and to meet people that you normally wouldn't maybe talk to. Yeah. So I think that that's great. But I just think like, especially like, say like, like central, for instance, I think they're more, what you see more is they talk about athletics and, you know, the cool stuff. Yeah. And I think and that's not at as, every school. That's true. So I, I think it would be great if they just took a little more time to pay attention to things that aren't talked about as much and to kids that may not, that may just feel invisible at school. Yeah. And they're just trying to get through their day and they don't, they don't feel, you know, very celebrated or very normal or that they're in the cool, you know, they're in the foot, you know, they're in football or basketball or the band or cheerleading, you know, all these things that have been kind of reserved for the popular popular kids, the cool kids. So, um, I think that it's important not to just talk about it during, say, Mental Health Awareness Month or when they do Pride Month. I think that it should be something they talk about all year long. You know, I think that they should have support groups in the schools mm-hmm. for kids that have autism or or with mental illness, you know, or with LGBT because I think that having the support in the school would help them just have a better quality of life. And at least while they're at school, say they don't have a lot of friends or, you know, during that little bit of time that say they go to support group or, you know, get together, at least for that little bit of time they do. Yeah. Because high school is a, you know, really important um, time in your life. And then it's, um, such so a short, short time and it's not um because when you go to college it's more accepting because there's more yeah they're more open about it's know, more diverse a, a lot of things so but when you're in high school it's like yeah there's more like clicks and and yeah separation of you know kids and not mm-hmm. you know blending in so yeah i think it's important that we do um you know kind of like put it up in the forefront where you know we we need to um bring awareness to you know Everybody, like everybody counts, you know? I think kids, you know, teenagers, high school, you know, and just also adults, like, especially in this community, um, they just, there is a lack of support. And I think there's a lack of resources. This is the only LGBT center in the Valley. So if you say you lived in Calipat, it's going to be kind of hard, you mm-hmm. know, that you don't have that access, like, say, in your city. 
And um, I think that it's important. And even though she, I mean, they do reach out, you know, to the North End and to places where, you know, people may not be able to come to El Central so easily. Um, but I think that, I mean, for me, having mental illness, it's easier to talk to others that have it. You do feel because it's relatable. You're, yeah. you're relatable. And I think it makes it easier to accept it yourself so you can start loving yourself a little more because it, it's it's hard, you know, to to live with it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we're at over an hour now. Told oh, you, wow. I told you, Yeah, I told you it goes by really fast. When, so anything else that you would, you know, want to add, um, you know, maybe give us our, the location where they can find you on Facebook. Yeah, definitely. Um, the LGBT Center is here in El Centro. The address is 1073 Ross. We're located in Sweet E now since we moved. We are right next to Buckland Park. So it's a it's pretty easy to find us. Yeah. Um, we're open 10 to 7, Monday through Friday. Um, and like I said, all the support groups are open and free to the public. Um, and also, if there's any questions, um, they can reach on Facebook, on Instagram, call. Um, and there's a lot of volunteers that can answer questions. Also, Rosa, which is the, the CEO and the founder, um, is here every day. So, I mean, even if it's just to come in and Grand. check it out, you know, and just say, hey, you know, the mental illness support group is every Wednesday. We meet every week um, at six o'clock. And if anybody needs to ask a question or just needs, you know, any information, they can also contact me through social media or um, via email. I can give you my email. Um, so you can maybe post it and I mean, yeah, just so more people can come and take a look at what is offered here mm -hmm. and, um, and the environment because it's, it's a good environment. It's fun and it's a happy environment. Yeah. And I think all of us could use a little bit more happiness in yeah. our lives these days. I had one question that I've been meaning to ask, but it's like, we, we want to, you know, another topic. How, mm -hmm. how is this funded? How are you guys funded? This is a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So she she relies on grants and donations from the community. Um, so, I mean, she always accepts donations, um, private or, you know, public donations. Some are anonymous. Um, but any help is good because I think at times it can be underfunded. But I know that she's been getting um, some great grants and she's applying for more um, right now that it's the beginning of the year. So, I mean, she wants to expand. Rosa is, you know, she really, you know, she wants to expand and do more. But if the funding's there, it makes it a lot easier yeah. for her to, to do that and to reach more people. Mm -hmm. So... Alrighty, well, um, yeah, thank you for, you know, spending this time with me. Um, I want to invite everybody to, to, you know, come by, like, like you said, like, come mm -hmm. by if you want to just, like, look around, meet the people. 
um, like you said, it's not only for LGBTQ you know community. It's open to everybody. Mm-hmm. There's one-to-one counseling. Um, so I mean, come check it out. Um, meet the people. I want to go meet Rosa because I've heard so much about her. Go, I want to okay. go meet her. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for for yeah, your you're time. Welcome. Thank you for, for sharing your story because I mean I know it's like you said it's not easy, but it's you know uh, I can tell like it's it's. It's getting easier for you to kind of like. Yeah, definitely. So I'm glad. It doesn't make me as sad. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're there, yeah. and and it's getting a little bit better. And well, thank every everybody for listening, and um, we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace. Yes.